Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Emily Green, otherwise known as Emily the Medium. This show is a space where I'll share my teachings around life after death, the soul, intuition, developing psychic abilities, and so much more. Together, we will expand our minds beyond what is widely accepted as truth and start to see the mind, body, and soul from a completely different perspective. This is a Soul Fire production. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I hope you are having a wonderful day, a wonderful week, wherever you are at in the time-space continuum. So good to have you back here. Thanks for listening. I'm really, really excited for today's episode. Well, first of all, let me start by saying, I, if you haven't listened a couple ex- episodes back on the episode called Waking Up to the Call of Spirit with McKenna Sherwood, I had one of my mentorship students, McKenna, on the show, and we chatted about her development experiences and sort of what brought her to the path of being a psychic medium. And I had an idea once after I did that interview that I wanted to do a series with my students and people that I've worked with so that I could have them on, give them a chance to tell their stories, how they got to the path that they got to, um, talk a little bit about their work now today. And so that's what inspired today's episode with one of my students, clients, and a dear, dear friend of mine, Janet Parsons. And I am so excited for the world to get to hear her story because her story is absolutely incredible. She has been through so much in her life um, and the way that she's really alchemized her pain and her grief into service and into helping other people heal from grief and pain and loss is truly incredible. So I can't wait for you to listen to this interview with Janet. Janet is an incredible medium. She's an incredible guide, teacher, yoga teacher, art teacher. She pretty much does it all. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with her today And that. Honestly, there's not much more I can say about it. You just have to listen to the interview. It was one of the, my favorite interviews that I've ever had. And I had so much fun in this conversation with Janet and the, the energy in our conversation was just very palpable and very inspiring. So I hope you enjoy it. Please let me know your favorite moments from the episode. And that's one thing that I wanted to say too. If you are, if you've been listening to the podcast since I have relaunched it, please share with me your favorite moments. Take a screenshot and post on your stories on Instagram. Send me a message on Instagram about what was your favorite part. I would love to hear from you and just get the chance to interact with you around the show and what you're loving and what you would like to see. I had an exciting day yesterday of scheduling a bunch of interviews with some wonderful people who I know I'm going to have amazing conversations with in the next couple of months. And as always, if you're interested in being on the show and you feel like you have a message that aligns with this show's kind of ethos, I would love to chat with you. So send me a message or an email. Also, I wanted to just remind you that I really appreciate your reviews either on Apple Podcasts or on an alternate um, podcast review platform. So if you haven't left me a review for the podcast and you love the show, I would appreciate it so much if you could hop on over and leave me a five-star review and write a couple words about what you love most about the show and our guests and the message and kind of the intention that we have going on for the show and send me a screenshot when you've done so. And I will send you some love and gratitude and appreciation. So thank you so much in advance for doing that. Before we get to today's show with Janet, I want to give a quick shout out to a friend of mine, Sarah Small's podcast, The Uncensored Empath. 
I wanted to share her show with you because her show, her message, and pretty much every single episode she does really is so incredible. And I love Sarah's, the way that Sarah speaks about so many different topics in the realm of spirituality, business, chronic illness. Uh, she talks really, really eloquently around the link between energy, neuroscience, spirituality, intuition, developing intuition, um, being an empath, being a highly sensitive person. I truly just love everything that she puts out. And so I know that you all will too. So hop on over to The Uncensored Empath. The show is hosted by Sarah Small and give her show a listen. She just released an incredible episode on human design with Erin Claire Jones that I was just listening to today that I know you will love. So hop on over there, give it a listen. And with all that being said, let's get to today's episode with Janet. Enjoy. Janet, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you on. And you came on with such short notice, which is something we're going to talk about too. I just love how you are always so willing to throw yourself into new situations and new experiences with such curiosity and courage. <laughs> and um, I was saying to you yesterday, like if I asked you to go skydiving with me <laughs> on like 10 minutes notice, you would probably be like, yeah, sure. Uh, for uh, you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I just, not that I would ever go skydiving because um, it's terrifying to me, but but I would probably do it with you because you because you just have this beautiful beautiful courage that I love so much. Um, but you. I'm so happy to have you here, and I can't wait to share your message and your work and your story with my community and my audience. Um, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is to kind of do this series of of um, waking up to the call of spirit of people who are who inspire me or people that I've worked with and. I'm very lucky that I've had the chance to work with you um, and mentor with you over the course of the last year or so. Yes. And it's been amazing. And now you are out in the world doing your own work and your own readings, and it's just all so exciting. So I wanted to have you on, number one, so that you could have a chance to, to tell your story to, to the world, um, but also so we can just chat a little bit about your development and, um, and our, you know, our work together and all that kind of good stuff. So I would love for you to open up or start off just by introducing yourself, telling, um, well, I already know who you are, but telling everybody a bit about who you are and, and your story and kind of how you got to this path or how you got to this work that you're doing right now. I know you've had a lot of different things happen along the way, uh, not so easy things and some wonderful things. So um, I'll turn it over to you and, uh, and I can't wait to, to hear this in full. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Emily, for inviting me on your podcast and just holding the space and offering this opportunity, really. Um, I must say my heart's beating fast. I have butterflies in my tummy. Yes. This is like the first podcast I've ever been on. I know. And, uh, I'm, kinda... so, I'm so honored that I'm like taking your podcast virginity. It's you so really cool. are. And probably many other things <laughs> when it comes to the spirit world, true, for sure. True, true. Uh, asking me to do new things uh, is definitely an understatement with us <laughs> and yeah. our journey together. It is. Um, and it's kind of fun. You've, you've beat my fiance to it. He uh, still hasn't even got me on his podcast. Yes. I love that. <laughs> oh, man. So yes, I really appreciate this time with you. And you know, I, I value this. I, I hope that I can offer some insight and some truth and love around the work that we do and also sort of our personal healing journeys and all of the things that lead up to even being in the seat of this type of work, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I have I have so much to share and I'm I'm trying to find sort of a a spot a that's a good one, a sweet spot. I know. Um I mean, I, I find in life a lot of breakdowns and a lot of obstacles is often what opens us up is one of my beliefs to our, you know, most divine gifts. And when it comes to my spiritual work and my healing work and and now mediumship as a part of that, it really it takes me back to one of the most challenging times in my life, really. And that was when I was, oh gosh, was I 26? Yeah, I think I was 26 or 27. Mm-hmm. And it was 2012, or sorry, yeah, 2012. Really? Um, was it 2012, Janet? That's so interesting. I, I've been talking about it in past episodes around how people have some sort of like world breaking open, earth shattering kind wow. of moment in 2012. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's a part of my story that is going to forever be one that I talk about because, you know, it's just a time in my life where all of my plans and everything that I wanted to create was kind of in this free flow. And it was like, I had this sort of innocence about life where I, I just never knew that I would feel the kind of pain that was kind of before me. And, um, in 2012, I ended up losing two of my closest girlfriends, um, who are at pretty much the same age as me. And it was in a three month span. So it was a lot that happened. And within that, of course, I could go in, into many different aspects to it. But it was, yeah, I was, I had just finished art school. I had just got my degree from Sheridan for illustration. And like I said, I was on this path of just excitement and about to start my future as an artist. And I had just like found yoga. So I was getting into like personal growth and transformation and all of that. And um, it it was sort of a beautiful time because I was dropping things that like weren't serving me, um, like, like smoking and just things that felt out of alignment. It was all of a sudden like I was becoming more in my own skin and more sort of aligned with values and getting to know myself really on a deeper level. And like I said, I was at this time where of creation, which was really beautiful. Like I had just um, sort of left jobs, like serving jobs that were just like exhausting my creativity. And um, I had just created this beautiful art studio in my home and like designed it, painted it, had all the things set up. And wow. I even created this program that um, much like I have today, but just a little different where I kind of incorporated elements of transformation and art and, and yoga and all the things I love together. Yeah. And sort of that was like, this really exhilarating time. And I was just sort of at this like pinnacle moment. And like I said, it was like, I had this vision board and friends would be like, how are you doing this? It was like one thing after another, I was just making things happen and taking action on my dreams. And it was just like, it was one of the highest moments of my life, really highest years. And it kind of went from that high to like a very low, low in a matter of moments. It felt like, um, and I just remember I was on a walk and I got a call from my best friend who was living in Alberta at the time. And I'll present, she was almost like a sister to me. We lived together when I was younger. Um, her family was like my family. You know, I knew her since I was 12 or something like that. And so I just got this call from her fiance and immediately this like feeling came over me and he had let me know that she had been diagnosed with cirrhosis and that she may need a liver transplant. And at the time, I was just like in complete shock. She had not told me anything Mm. around this at the time. And it was all very fast moving. And so 
I just remember that moment. It was like this like turning in like my whole being. It was just like, I, I, can't, I can't even describe it. It was so visceral though. And it was so like, you need to go there like now. <laughs> so I literally like packed my bags and I, I got a flight and left like the next day. Wow. And she wasn't, ex- didn't want me to come, neither expected it nor wanted me to, but I had no idea what I was really walking into. It was the most, I want to say, raw and real and challenging times of my whole life of just seeing somebody that was this, this bright, energetic spirit, gorgeous, who just like, it, it just the way I saw her and knew her and then stepping into her home and her in front of me in this like completely different space was just like, it rocked my world. And for that, I stayed there for a month and through that month, just fighting the urge to believe that she could possibly pass away. It was like that. It was the first time I think my faith and belief in what I wanted was actually surpassing my intuitive sort of knowing Yeah, because I was so... I was being her caretaker, you know, and in that role, I kind of just, I had so much reserve strength and faith that it kind of never allowed me to fully process that this might be an outcome. Mm-hmm. And there was something that really woke up in me during that time. And it was, it's, it's really hard to express, to be honest, but yeah. I feel like that moment when I felt the need to go and and being with her there through those days through her illness and being in the hospital and kind of losing hope mm-hmm. um you know as she was and sort of caring for her children she had like a toddler at the time and a stepson and wow it was just this very again it it rocked my world like in my 20s i never ever imagined i would be in that spot yeah. like just never yeah. and and, and the kind of the, there's so much I could go into, but yeah. one of the moments I want to bring this to on a deep spiritual level is that when she was in the hospital one day, there was a moment that I felt kind of our soul connection on a different level and which this work is all about, you know, mediumship is soul to soul communication and connection. And I've always sort of felt like I had that with people. Like I always felt like I saw them you know, deeper than the surface level. And I kind of knew what they were feeling or thinking before they would even express it. And I could just sort of, I was always very empathic. So I just kind of knew what people needed and when. So it was always a part of me since I was very young. And this one day in the hospital, it was like, she had this like single hospital bed. And I'll never forget, we just like, we just, it's going to make me emotional, but I like climbed into like the bed with her and we were just like spooning. Yeah. And we were both exhausted, of course, like long days in, in the hospital in that scenario. But, and it was just so beautiful. It reminded me of like when we were kids and we'd like have sleepovers and we'd, we actually literally were even in this moment drawing on each other's backs and like tickling each other. And like yeah. we draw pictures and guess what it is. And not only did it remind me of the past though, as I was like embracing her, it was this like, oh God, I, it's hard to put into words, but it was this almost remembrance of like all the lives we've lived together. Like it felt like we, our souls have been intertwined for so long that it was like, it was like, it was all coming back to me and not even in like a visual way. It was just like this inner knowing that we've had so many different dynamics in relationships and lives and that could go so deep, but it was this like 
and also this trust that I always believed that the soul was eternal and that there's so much more to this than just our physical, you know, human experience here. And it was just this like level of safety um, and also this belief in my ability to be a healer. I I really believe that that experience woke up sort of the healer archetype in me, which, which I find, you know, very traumatic and difficult times in our lives really wake parts of us up that might be a little bit dormant or, you know, that's just the timing of it. Yeah. And it was like, I had this belief that I could heal her and that might sound like really intense, but it was a very real feeling and that I had. And I believe in other lifetimes that may have sort of expressed itself differently. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was just this like belief that I could heal her. And maybe I thought, it was a physical way, but I really feel like that time with her gave her so much belief and hope and just like, just acknowledging how much that someone else could love her and show up for her. Um, like, I just remember people were scared to, to go to the hospital or scared to see her look like she might die. Yeah. And I just remember the way I could hold space for that and, and sort of nurture her and care for her and, um, I don't know. There was just, there's something in me that just sort of was evolving very rapidly. I didn't really have a choice. I was kind of threw myself in there and it was just this like beautiful sort of unfoldment of who I am and and who, like where I'm meant to be. Like people were trying to pull me out constantly, like come home, like this is too much. And I was just like, no, like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And although it's so heartbreaking and it's like, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of things to move through. It's like I got this, you know. Yes. Yeah. And um yeah. Yeah, that was just sort of like I'll never forget that moment because it was almost like, you know, in a moment you know so much and you feel so much and it was just like it all sort of came to me. And re- remembrance is like the best word I can put to that. Yeah. of just how much and and how much more there is than meets yeah. the eye of this sort of earthly life, you know. Yes. Yes. Um yeah, and that that's sort of the beginning. <laughs> I know it's really hard to no. put it in a nutshell, something like that. But yeah, after yeah. that month, I she had gotten out of the hospital and I was told that like things were getting better and all this stuff. But again, because I was sort of overriding yes. my own psychic intuitive ability, um, I kind of believed the stories that she was telling me and she didn't want me to stay any longer and put my life on hold. Right. And so she would tell me one thing and not let me go in certain appointments and stuff, of course. And I was kind of running out of resources as well. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to like save more money, figure it out again, and then like come back when I can. And it was just, again, it was like a whirlwind. I I got back home and at the time I had a, a trip planned, a road trip to the East Coast. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go anyway. And I'm going to like kind of, re- you know, rejuvenate and get some more like life force back in me and yeah. sort of have more in me. So, so I can be for her. Right. Yeah. So I can be for this situation. And then I did go on that road trip, drove from with a couple of friends from here all the way to Nova Scotia. Yeah. We had a blast, you know, we were camping along the way, nature, got to visit friends and family down there. It was honestly one of, again, the best times of my life. It was on this roller coaster of like crazy. Yeah. It's ups and downs, like no tomorrow is insane. Um, and then the next point I want to come to, so at this point, Katie's still very ill. 
I'm just sort of like in the space of getting myself back a little bit energetically. And on our way back from that trip, um, this is when I really feel like sort of the psychic abilities were were heightening, yeah. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And this connects to my friend Megan. Um, and as we were driving back, it was like a nighttime, I'll never forget. And I was in the back seat and I just it was like all of a sudden this, again, a very visceral experience where it was like I was picking up on something and I didn't really understand it to be psychic information then maybe, but it was like this anxiety and this like worry and fear and anxiousness and feeling of sick. It was like immediately I knew something like bad was happening. Yeah. And I kept looking at the window, like trying to like make sure we're driving. Okay. Like it was just like, I was about to, it was like the anticipation of like knowing something horrible is happening. And I'll never forget, it was like, the feeling was so strong and it was so potent out of coming off like the biggest high, like I'm on a blast having a, you know, such a good time. And then all of a sudden to be like, whoa, yeah, like this is so, like, it was like this certainty that I couldn't shake. And I'll never forget as I'm feeling this physically in my body, I look over at one of my girlfriends sitting next to me and I actually had like a flash, like a vision where it looked like her eyes were kind of rolling back in her head. And it was so quick, it wasn't, but it shocked me. I was just like, whoa, what was that? Like, have I been partying too much? You know, I just kind of like, yeah. was just like, oh, maybe I need some rest. I kind of just thought I was sort of, you know, in a weird space. And it just did not leave me. We like stopped to go to, you know, at a hotel and they like were barbecuing like seafood, like lobster on the barbecue. And I'm like, guys, I have the worst feeling like, and I didn't go too deep into it. I didn't want to like ruin their time. But I, I remember I like went in and I got a bath because that's usually kind of like my sanctuary. And I just laid in the bath and I was like, what? Like I tried to tune into it. I'm like, what is happening? I was just waiting to get some news. It was like, I just knew it. And the whole way back was the same. I was just like, until I got home, I was like, I don't know, nothing. I remember getting a call from work, but it was, it was kind of a weird call, but I was like, no, it's not that. Not that. Like, I just yeah. knew I was waiting for like the big line, like punchline, like something just to hit me in the gut, you know? And after, I think it was like a, a day or two after I got back, I was in the food court with my mom and we'd just gotten some whatever, some food and I had it on my tray. I'll never forget. I look at my phone and then I get a message that my friend Megan had died. And I would just like started shaking. I just threw my food in the garbage and I was just like, oh my God, like, of course you're just like, don't understand, but you're freaking out. And it it was just so surreal. And the more I let it ground in me, I was like, oh my gosh, like that was that night. She died that night and she had diabetes. um, And she went into like a diabetic, like shock coma unconscious and she was alone. And so that's how she passed. And I, I really feel like I was physically picking up what she was experiencing a little bit. And it happened to be that exact same night. And I was like, that vision, all of it. I'm like, there's no way that wasn't what it, what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was sort of the moment of that <laughs> where it just sort of, yeah. it's like all of these pieces were kind of coming together. Um, but also just like, what is happening in my life? You know, yeah. it's like... Like, how did I just like, how was one of my best friends sick and the other one just died suddenly, like, yeah. and I'm in my mid twenties, like, this is yeah. not how life is supposed to play out, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I, 
I was going through the grief of that, but I was in shock like yeah. for a long time because yeah. she had just, she had only gotten back very recently. She went to the East Coast, actually, or no, sorry, uh, went to Calgary to go to school for like a year. Mm-hmm. Like normally she lived in Ontario or she was out there to finish some schooling and she had just gotten home. And it was just, what hit me, it just made me feel sick to my stomach because when I was out there taking care of Katie, they were so close in proximity right. and they'd never met. They lived in different parts of the country mm-hmm. and I never thought to see Megan because I'm like, oh, she's going to, she's moving back. Right. I'll she's going to be back so soon. And I literally felt like I just, almost the moment of driving to Canmore to the mountains, it like, it just kind of flashed before me how we just crossed paths and yeah. I never got to see her that last time. And, you know, the next time I'm seeing her, she's, it's very real. She's here in a casket and she's yeah. gone. And it was just the hardest time of my whole life, hands down. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was intense because I didn't allow myself to even feel the pain of that because I still had my friend over here yeah, who's really maybe, sick. Yeah, very, very sick. And I'm yeah. trying to like give her hope and be strong for her. And um, it was yeah. just this like weird time where I don't, yeah, I don't feel like I even allowed that process to start yet. And then, and then Katie passes yeah. away as well. Yeah. I get the call. So Megan passed away in August. And then I get the call in early November that Katie passed away in her sleep and that they had kind of revived her. Uh, like she had some internal bleeding and things happened, um, but they, you know, they had her on life support. And again, I'm just like, oh my God, here I am again, packing my suitcase and like yeah. preparing for a funeral in case it's going to happen and packing my painting of her. And it was just like, so it, I don't even know where I got like the stamina because yeah. it was just like I just kind of knew what to do without even knowing what I was doing. Yeah. It was like I was being supported for sure. Wow. Wow. And yeah, I just flew out there and I didn't want to know if she was still alive or not. And I just sort of like, yeah, once I landed and I went to the hospital, then I had to see her and see yeah. her body and just come to the realization that she was gone too. And it was yeah. Again, it was one of those times in life where yeah, it just rocked my world. Yeah. Like it yeah. it was like a tornado, it felt like that I just it was like it was so fast paced that I couldn't like stop to breathe that I and process anything. Um and the reason why <laughs> obviously I share this yeah. intense part of my path because there's no way that I would even be in the seat with you here today, <laughs> calling myself a psychic medium, you know what I mean? <laughs> if it wasn't for all that, because I do feel as much as the grief brought me into a really dark place, it also, you know, I like to say it threw me in a tornado and it also transformed me wow. um, because it brought so many gifts with it um, yeah. as well. So the, yeah, yeah, the grief was very hard. And I don't know if you have questions to kind of guide me because yeah I yeah no no I mean you're just doing such an amazing you're telling you're retelling these really really painful memories and experiences with such um with such beauty and such grace and really you're doing an amazing job of balancing like the the heaviness of it and the beauty of it you know I think there's so much there's so much that I could touch on about that but I think one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about is how you know, when somebody has gone through experiences like you personally have gone through, when you experience two such 
earth shattering tornado, you know, like the tornado feeling of these two major losses of these two beautiful friends of yours who you had such incredible and unique friendships and bonds with who were so special to you in so many ways and, and losing them in such a short period of time. I think that that can really, you know, and I'm curious to hear how your, what your experience was like coming out of that or how you even pulled yourself. And I know, you know, how you pulled yourself through that, because I know a lot of people probably listening to that and kind of thinking, I don't know what I would do. How would I get through that? I don't know if I could get through that. And I think that so often that is the story. And and this is something you and I were talking about before we got on of how grief can take us on such a myriad of different paths and journeys. But I think that most often where we start when we're experiencing grief or tragic losses, we start from the rock bottom, right? We start (laughs) in that period of like where we have to just, it's almost indescribable. There's almost not words for what the rock bottom (laughs) of grief is like, you know, or how we even like, and I think when I'm talking to a lot of people who've experienced loss in the way that you've experienced it, is it's just kind of a blur. Like, I don't actually know how I got myself out of bed. I don't know how I got myself to things that I needed to do. I don't know what I was even saying when I was talking to people. Like, it was just a total blur of, of, of time. And then somehow, some way, using whatever kind of support or tools or, you know, or, or um, whether that's spiritual support or physical support of people around you, like somehow we start to kind of come out of the rock bottom, but then it's like, where are we going after that? I think Mm -hmm. a common place where a lot of people kind of start to rest after they come out of the rock bottom of grief is like numbness of like, they're just kind of going through the motions, just sort of trying to keep up with the pace of the world or keep up with the pace of the people around them. And, you know, I, that, that is one of the biggest reasons that I'm, that I do this work. And I think you do this work too, is that, just thinking of somebody living their life in that state, whether it's the rock bottom or whether it's the numbness, just it physically makes me like so emotional and so sad. Mm-hmm. And just to think that there are pe- so many people, millions, thousands and millions and millions of people out there living in one of one or both of those two states is so heartbreaking. And that's a big part of the reason why I do what I do. And, and even when, you know, even when things are hard and tough, if I know that if I'm at least helping somebody kind of de-thaw in some part of their being or heal in some part of their being or have a higher experience in, in whether that's connecting to the loved one that they've lost or whatever it is, it's so worth it. And, and I think that what's so inspiring about your story is you really took those losses and those experiences and and over a period of time you brought this into something that is really beautiful and you've come into service you you've alchemized you alchemized your experiences and 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 really kind of you come into this place of 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 service now and and i think that that is such an inspiring story and that is what i hope for everybody who's experienced a tragic loss or grief the way that you have is that they can eventually come to the place that you are in a different way you know in their own different context but they can eventually come to the place that you are so i'm curious to hear to make a question out of that is i'm curious to <laughs> see hear we're the just... same we like to <laughs> we can go on many exactly. tangents tell very long stories <laughs> yes exactly that's why we talk the same way uh, i love it um yeah so i'm curious to hear just how you know in those in those days and weeks and months following the loss of your two best friends how did you 
pull yourself out of that? And then over a period of time, obviously, how did you come to where you are today? And I want to hear a little bit about how you started waking up to spirits and how your abilities started coming more online and when you knew that you had to start working with those. That's kind of a two-part question. Yeah, totally. Um, oh gosh, in the beginning, like I said, I, I don't think I allowed myself to process Megan's death because I was almost anticipating Katie's maybe not letting myself believe it was a possibility, but I feel like after they both had passed, I was in, like you said, a state of numbness and shock and the denial phase and all of that stage of grief for a while. And I think a big part of that was because everything was so condensed in such a short period of time. Plus there were two different losses so close together and they were both such different relationships. Like I grew up moving across the country like a lot. <laughs> I've moved like 30 something times. So wow. I have friends in lots of different provinces. And so Katie was, her whole story with me was very different than Megan's. And so they never, like I said, they didn't even know each other. And yeah. so I had to like process them both, but in different ways. And I, I think I even battled with that. Like, am I paying more attention to this loss? And am I thinking about this person more? Or am I not, you know, it was almost like, they were so intertwined that it actually was very confusing at first and I didn't know where to start. Um, and, I, and I will say another part of going through a breakdown like that is people see you in such a different way and some people can't handle that. And that was one of the hardest parts for me because like I said, I just kind of found yoga and, and transformation work. So I was like, I was this person that people came to for the energy, for the support, for the guidance. And I was just this positive, yeah. bright light, you know? And to all of a sudden feel like I'm seeing through such a dark lens and I'm feeling in a dark space, I felt like I wasn't good enough anymore. Or like people didn't love me the same, or I'll never be who I once was. And that part makes me very emotional because it, it kind of held me back from feeling at first because people wanted me to be who I was all the time. And I just wasn't that. I was yeah. like, no, like this is where I am and it fucking sucks. <laughs> and like, this is where I need to be. And so I think I battled with trying to be the old me when I was already far transformed Yeah, in a way that was at that point felt very, um, it felt very negative. And although, you know, you could call it what it is, that's what it felt like. Um, and that's how people were seeing it. Like, oh, you know, just be happy or be like, get over you it. Know? Mm -hmm. And it, I felt like people were trying to kind of rush that process for me. Totally. Um, and so after the sort of shock subsided and the sort of denial around it, I would say it hit me like a ton of bricks, like for the first couple months. Um, this is even before I think people, I felt like people were rushing and all that for the first couple months. I was just so like, being looking at it through such a positive lens and just like speaking about it like it was almost like oh my gosh like what's going on like I can't even believe I'm feeling this good it almost like surprised me but it just hadn't <laughs> it hadn't like the truck hadn't hit me yet yeah um and that sort of took me on a whole other path where again I felt like I was being divinely guided by them to go back to Alberta and I spent a lot of time with Katie's family I lived out there for a while, um, but that's also where the depression really hit me. Um, and it's, it was like, when it hit me, it was so paralyzing. Like I was just, 
again, I had no energy. Like you said, I like didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't find enjoyment in like anything. Like people would try to take me to like an art show or a modeling show or things I was interested in. And I would just be like, I fucking hate this. Like everything I saw was so through such a dark lens and all the thoughts running through my mind as well were just very like, my life is over. Like nothing will ever be the same. Like I'm horrible. I'm not like, it was almost like I was out of my own body really. Like it felt like I wasn't myself and I didn't know where I had to get myself back, like pull myself back. Um, and yeah, I just, I started having like really bad anxiety. Like I remember having really bad panic attacks when it first happened. And so sometimes they would happen. Um, yeah, just never being able to sleep and just always feeling just, like I said, just like, what's the point? It was, it was a very dark depression for sure. Um, and I, it just kind of caught me off guard because I was in such a, like, I thought a really good space around it, like a dealing with it in a healthy way, you know, <laughs> right. Whatever that means. Um, and then when it, it started just coming over me, it was like, it almost felt like I had no control. Like it was just so, um, yeah, it was so powerful, the pain of it. And like I just said to you earlier, it's like, when I hear a person in front of me now say like grief is like, like someone's like standing on your chest and you just can't breathe. And there's this like hole in your heart. And I'm like, Oh, like, I just I feel like I, I bring myself back there in a second. Cause I just, I know what it feels like. And what really started to, to help me, I guess, is when I finally surrendered to like, okay, I need support. Yeah. Like at first I'm like, I got this. I got all the personal growth tools. I got my books. I got my journal, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? And I think that came with, you know, I had to be really humble about like, this is a whole new ball game here. This is something I've never been through, which means I need to learn some new tips and tools and I need to, to be around some different kinds of groups and teachers and all of that. So I, I signed up for like a grief, grief support group. Mm-hmm. And it was like people who'd lost children, partners, friends, all different kinds of relationships. Um, and it was just very beautiful. Like we'd even play music together. We'd make collages together. We would like cry and just like messy cry, snot, tears, like yeah. pain. It was just so um, needed and it's just yeah. very necessary to not feel like I was losing my mind because there were times I thought I was crazy and I was alone. And then when I heard all of these people like expressing that they're feeling the same thing, I was like, oh, thank God, like that, that this is like, somewhat natural, right? And normal. Yeah. In this sort of uh, event and and sort of trauma. And so that was really healing. I saw a lot of one-on-one counselors and stuff like that as well. That really just, it just really, again, it kept bringing me back to like, okay, just allow myself to be supported. Cause I, like I said, I'm always in that role of supporter. I'm like, okay, surrender, allow myself to receive the help and to allow myself to just be messy and just be in a state of like, I'm falling apart and I'm willing to come apart because that's the only way I'm going to ever put anything back together in any shape or form, whatever that looks like in my life. I just knew I had to go through that like intense rock bottom. (laughs) I will call it that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
I just, I feel everything as you're explaining it so viscerally in my own body. It just, it's, you know, the way that you speak about this is, I think, and I think there's so many people out there who are listening to you speak about this and in some way, at some point in their life, they've either experienced this already or at some point, you know, hopefully not. But I think at some point in our lives, we do experience this. I think, you know, it's... It, we'll experience it in different ways and everybody experiences grief in different ways. But I think that there's so many people who are listening to this right now, listening to you speak about this going, Oh yeah, me too. Or I've, you know, I've been there. I know what she's talking about and I know what you're talking about. And, you know, I, I think I'm so inspired by the stories of people who have been where you're, like I said, have been where you're talking about. And, you know, I just like, I'm just like, if you, if you kept breathing, if you, kept speaking, if you kept healing, if you kept, you know, if you kept walking, if you kept doing whatever, like that is so amazing. I think people who, who have been in that space and, 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 and they've somehow gotten given, like received the support or the guidance or the tools or whatever they needed um, to, to kind of come through that even just a little bit. I think that's the most inspiring story in the world. It's the most resilient, incredible I just have so much respect for people who've been through what you've been through and, 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 and not just you, but anybody who's hearing your story and it's like, I've been there. So, so, wow. I mean, I'm just, I am all speechless, um, which is saying a lot, <laughs> uh, but the next place I want you to take me is so fast forward to when a couple of years ago or, um, you know, or, or sort of when you, you said that I thought that was so beautiful about how you said with Katie, how she kind of awakened your, your healing abilities, which I think is, is such a, such a profound way to say that. And I think that so often when we're kind of almost, uh, our, our abilities are almost activated by a need in our direct kind of experience, whether yes. that's a friend or, you know, a, a parent or a child or whatever it is, we can kind of have these healing abilities come online or other abilities. So I was so, I was, I thought that was so amazing how you, how you, how you put that, but take me to when you started realizing that spirit wanted to work through you and that I know, you know, I know just from knowing your story that you had been doing healing work at this point and spirit would kind of start coming through and start sort of tapping on your shoulder as you are working with people in a healing session. So yeah. take me to there and kind of how you knew that that is something that you wanted to pay attention to or that you wanted to work with or develop on. I'd love to hear that from your perspective. Totally. Well, first off, I have to share just one one kind of gem to when I was in the darkest part of the grief, what's sort of fascinating is that as we talk about, you know, how I feel like that was activating something in me, yeah. um, it, it's so, <laughs> it actually blows my mind when I look back because that year, which was the toughest for me, I would wake up like at 11, 11, like every single night or, wow. or one, 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 like one in the morning. Wow. And I'm not talking like, you know, once in a while people are like, Oh, 11, 11. Like I'm talking, this was like clockwork, like every freaking day. It was like, and I, again, I was thinking, okay, what's going on? Like I'm losing my mind. Like I would get up and be like, I hate life. And I'd look at the clock and again, I'm like, what the, and yeah. so it's, it's so, um, I wanted to share that because like I said, it was like, so repeated and so strong that it was, and it's so symbolic, obviously, like people that know that kind of number sequence. Um, but it was interesting that I felt like Megan and Katie were, they were literally waking me up out of my sleep, out of my bed, but it's also, they were trying to wake me up from just yeah. the space I was in and be like, no, listen, look, listen to us. 
like we're guiding you here. And so it was sort of, um, that again was one of those first like repeat, repeated signs that I knew they were sending me. And I was like, okay, okay. I hear you. I finally hear you when I was willing. Um, and so, and, and all throughout grief, what was interesting is even though I felt like I was in a numb space and out of body a lot of the time, it was like, I was also so aware to when I felt their presence. It was like, I was always so aware to like the subtle energy when I felt them embracing me or when I like knew that sign or symbol was from them or when I felt they were directing my choices a little bit, kind of, you know, having a hand in that. It was so powerful, even though I felt so not myself. So I also feel like that's fascinating aspect to, to that. Absolutely. Um, and it will get to where you're going, but I had to, I had to <laughs> no, throw in so that. <laughs> that's so good. And I actually just want to throw in a quick aside on that too, because I think that you brought up such an important point just around, you know, when I have people messaging me about this every day around, uh, I was just talking to, to a woman yesterday who's just lost her mom and she was saying, you know, it's been, you know, X amount of time. I haven't felt her yet. Like, am, is it just that I'm in the grief and I can't feel her? Or what is it? And so I think that that's one thing that I would say is that it's different for everybody. It's different for every spirit person. You know, they're different in terms of how quickly they'll come around, what they will come around you with, whether it's numbers or just their presence or things like this. And I think that it's what's so beautiful is it just sounds like to me, like you're always very receptive and perceptive to it. And, and I think that that's a message that I would tell anybody is just like, be patient. Like they will come around at some point in their own way, in their own timing um, you know, and also kind of holding space for the fact that sometimes when we're really in the throes of grief and we're in that rock bottom, or even when we're in the numbness, is that it can be hard for us to kind of see or feel those things. But the beautiful thing about our loved ones is that they, you know, they're going to keep trying, <laughs> yes, <they will. laughs> you know, they won't give up on you. They're not, they're no. not going to give up on trying to get through to you. And so if you just kind of hold out that hope, um, that, okay, they're going to find their way to get through. They're going to keep trying. They're not going to go away. Cause I think a fear that some people have is like, oh my gosh, if I can't like get their sign or feel their presence or this kind of thing, are they going to stop trying? You know, are they going to go away or things like this? And so I think that's such a beautiful example, just of that, of no matter where we are is that our loved ones will kind of always find a way, whether it's through us or in our own experience or through someone else. Or oh my gosh, you're leading into exactly what I want, where I want to go next. Of course go. you would. <laughs> you're psychic. Good, se- good segue. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Speaking into just like the di- sort of the di- divine timing of, you know, they'll choose when it's the right sort of, or even the right aspect of how to get to you. Um, so after sort of I was starting to come out of the depression a little bit and whatnot. My my cousin, she's so sweet. She like bought my ticket to Nova Scotia to go visit and spend some time there. But she also got me my first session with a medium. And it was just such a, it was kind of funny because it's not something I've ever heard her talk about, but somehow through the, you know, orchestration at play, uh, she felt like that was something that I would be healing for me. And so I went to this woman and I'll never forget like I've always believed in all of this because like I said, I've always felt very in tune to, to spirit and to subtle energy and always believed in the soul and all of that. So it wasn't even like that was a weird thing for me to show up at or to enjoy, right? And so I'm sitting there and as she's bringing forth um, Megan and Katie, she, like just the way she expressed their mannerisms and like 
It was almost, yeah, it was the mannerisms. It was the short, witty, sarcastic, funny way they would both talk. And it was like she was bringing forth because they were both at the same time. So she's like, oh my God, they both want to talk. They're both so like outgoing. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, they would they would be like that if they ever met. It would just be like a shit show, yeah. like jokes. So, and that's what it was. It wasn't like she said anything super deep or profound or anything. It was literally like, I felt like I was in the presence of them. Having a just conversation the with them. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this work is. And so not only was that just like, oh, it's just so beautiful. And I knew I could feel that myself, but to, to kind of experience it through another person too, is just so, it's just so fascinating. And I, I just always been so curious about everything esoteric and, and all of that. So not only that part really filled me up and just warmed my heart, but also she told me that, okay, they're, I don't know if she said both of them or specifically Katie, but she said they're going to come through dreams. And um, she ex- explained this beautiful winter scene to me. Um, it was just like snowy hills and it was quiet and peaceful. And she was just describing it so gorgeously. And then she also like, I don't know if she presenced it there or just my connection to Katie and butterflies has always been our symbol since we were like literally like kids. We'd always have like, we'd draw it on our notes and like we'd always have like the necklaces and all of those things. So what was beautiful about like this dream was that, okay, I held that piece of information. I was like, okay, cool. This is awesome. And I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or months later, but I look at my phone one morning and I get like, there's like all these texts from one of my friends. It's like, oh my God, you have to call me. Like, I just had like a dream with Katie and like, she came to visit me and it was so moving and I'm like freaking out. And I, I talked to her and she's like bawling. And again, this isn't something that's sort of something she would always talk about or, you know, I didn't really know where she stood as far as this type of thing. Um, but she was like, no, this like transformed my like spiritual like beliefs of like life after death. She's like, she described the exact same scene that the medium had told me. And I never, ever shared this with her. And so she described like the winter scene and that we were both standing there and that this like sea of colorful butterflies just like flew in all around us. And she said, like, we just looked at each other and like said, like, it's her. And we woke, she woke up, but she was like, Janet, like, I cry when I talk about this to anybody. People think I'm nuts or whatever. She's like, I know she came to see me that like to tell me she's like at peace for you. And I thought like, Oh my, like I was just getting like all the feels because like it was, it was almost more powerful that my best friend on the East coast who I never told anything about experienced that for me rather than me even having it. Yeah. Right. Like how beautiful. So I also think spirits very, it's, it's such a strong intelligence. Like they know what they're doing and how to, how to get to you in such a even more profound way, because not only did it impact both of us, it's something that we both have that we share now, but it also kind of elevated her beliefs. Yeah. And that's like amazing. So yes. it was like, she got to meet Katie without meeting her. <laughs> wow. And you brought up such a good point. And I think that you and I talk about this too, just how, yeah, how intelligent spirit is and how intelligent your loved ones are and how perceptive they are. And, you know, I will, I always say that I think that they will try, like I said, if, if you, if we can't recognize it, if we don't get it, or it's not said clearly, you know, it's not as clear as maybe they would want it to be or whatever, they're going to keep trying. They're going to find different ways to get that same sign to you or that dream or whatever it is and whatever context or whatever way. And, 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 and even like, 
she would know that it's actually going to be more profound for Janet if she's actually hearing this experience mm-hmm. through somebody else who had no knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like so amazing. And it's just it's hearing these stories of, of like the, the kind of spirit communication, um, either through a medium or through, you know, just from directly to the person who's meant to receive the message or receive the sign. It just always blows my mind. And, uh, you know, I will like collect these stories in my <laughs> mind just because I think, I think they're it's beautiful. so, yeah, they're so beautiful and they're so inspiring. And I think it really gives other people hope who maybe are hoping to hear from their loved ones in a similar way or in such a profound way as you experience that just there of like, that's possible for you. You can have that happen, you know, keep, keep kind of asking for it or inviting it in or, you know, whatever it is. Um, because I think those moments really make us feel like we're not that far from spirit, you know, they, yes. they're so close to us. <laughs> they're so close by. And, and, you know, and that's, that's not just a saying, that's not just like a nice saying, like your loved ones are close by. They, they really are close by and they're so intelligent and they're paying attention to every detail and every piece and aspect of your world. And anyway, that's just so amazing. And so would you say that that, I don't know the time difference between when you went to see that medium and, mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of, and, up until the point when you started to realize that um, that your abilities were kind of coming online. But would you say that that was a catalyst for you? Oh, for sure. Because yeah. it, like I said, it, it felt so natural for me to be there. And everything that sort of, all the synchronicities and all the sort of, how everything was playing out, although it was so hard, it felt so, it was almost like I felt the divinity in it. And so I, I once I started to kind of lighten the load of the grief, I, I started to see that a lot more. I like to say like, see with more of my symbolic sight yeah. of how things were all being weaved together for me. Um, and it definitely just kind of, it was that validation. Like I already believed in all that, but that was just an extra fun piece to share with people and to experience with another best friend of mine who's still here um, that we could always have together. Yeah. But it was definitely something that sparked my interest even more because after that I had seen um, another like sort of like intuitive. And I think, I think I had a couple of different sessions of that type of work. Um, and it was sort of all throughout, uh, like a, as a part of my healing path after counseling wasn't really a fit for me anymore. Um, I felt like I was kind of evolving and moving out of that. I needed something different. And so I kind of found myself back on my mat because yeah. I kind of took a break from it. It was like so painful to even move, uh, when I was feeling all those emotions. So just the process of yoga. I did like, I won't go too deep into it, but I did my yoga teacher or first I did my Reiki uh, training, which was really all for my own self-healing. I never, ever thought I'd be a practitioner. It was all just to really work on my anxiety and just the remnants of grief. I felt like we're just still lodged like in my body. Um, I was in a happy space. I was falling in love and things were really great. And then all of a sudden it would be like another new wave of the grief would sort of hit me and throw me off again. And I just sort of thought like, how do I clear some of this that's still like inside of me? And so I found my way to like a Reiki master um, and did my level one, level two with her. Um, And then I did yoga teacher training, which like I cried almost the whole thing. So again, it was so painful, all the work that I had to do. Um, And so moving and transformative, of course. But both of those things were catalysts to, again, it was almost like looking at mediumship now, like all these things were kind of like a stepping stone because they got me more in tune with the gifts that this trauma brought me. It got me in tune with my soul again and not again, it's just deep in that connection. Yeah. Um, 
and then just got me into a place of just feeling powerful and confident again, because I lost a lot of confidence through that process. And so that sort of, all of that was sort of leading up to where I am really, of course. But I remember throughout that, uh, my fiance took me to one of his friends uh, who does all this type of work. Her name's Gigi Young. She's wonderful. And it's funny, the other day I pulled out my journal and the first two things on the top of my like notes from her session was like, do the mediumship course. Like, this is going to come so natural to you. Like, you know, you're meant to do this work, like pretty much similar to what I'm doing. And it was just so funny because I literally saw this like last week. I was like, oh my gosh, like she called this like six years ago. Wow. Um, And I remember her like looking at me and I just remember her expression being like, you know, you're going to do this too, right? (laughs) I had that exact moment. That was my exact moment too. Yeah. I know. I think I I, I heard you in your podcast, but that's what it's like. It's like I had, I went to another medium uh, who does like Reiki as well. And she gave me like a bit of both. And she was, had her hands on me, giving me a Reiki session. She's like, I know I'm not supposed to like channel spirit right now, but like, she's laughing and she's like, but they're telling me that you're a medium and you're supposed to be doing mediumship. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. And so it, I think I had about three or four different people say yeah. the same thing. And every time they would say it, it never, ever sounded outrageous to me. I was always like, oh yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, that is me. And I'm like, is that weird that that isn't weird? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, And so it, it kind of kept, like, I kept getting the, the poke or the nudge yeah. by all of these people and probably by spirit, you know, making it happen. And uh, that was sort of just like, it's like, I constantly kept getting this like little push to do it. I even had like, I think a mediumship course, like, like something fall at my feet once. It was like a pamphlet or something. I'm like, when did I pick that up? <laughs> uh, it was like on my balcony. I'm like, okay. So I had all these moments of, I would even find myself on websites or like looking at shops that do it, but just nothing ever like felt hundred percent right. But I always knew like that was going to be something I was going to explore. And I always knew it was like already a part of me without me even having to develop. It was just, you know, it was just about growing within it um, and sort of embodying it. But sort of what started to wake up even more was through like my energy work and through my Reiki practice, I would be giving someone a, you know, a chakra clearing, which typically some of them I'm quiet. Sometimes I speak, but um, the more quiet I was throughout some of them, it was like spirit started to talk to me. And I would yeah. just be like, uh, why am I thinking about the sunset in Mexico? And why do I want to say, I love the flower in your hair? Like it would just be so yeah. kind of seem, seem random. And I would think, okay, get present, Janet. Like, <laughs> is your mind drifting? <laughs> Do you want to be in Mexico right now? <laughs> and and I would just like sometimes dismiss it because I thought, again, this is just yeah. me either making it up or my imagination or I'm kind of wandering. Um, but then eventually I started to realize, because um, I would often get stuff like that intuitively for people. And I think those those kind of moments, I would just always say it. I'd be like, oh, you know what? I feel like blah, blah, blah. But when it came to like when it was spirit popping in, I, for some reason, like second guessed it more and I didn't say it. So then spirit got the intelligence. They got even more like, okay, now we need to say it like 10 times until she says it. So it would be like repeated. Either like the vision would be repeated or the sentence or the feeling like wouldn't stop. Like if I had something in my throat, Mm -hmm. like I wanted to say, and if I didn't say it, it's like they wouldn't make, like the sensation wouldn't go away. (laughs) And so I was like, fuck this. I'm going to start to like, just say whatever comes through. And if I get it wrong, whatever. Yep. And so the more I did that, the more things started to fit. And like the more people would be kind of like, oh my gosh, like what's that? How'd you pick up on that? Or 
And I just sort of realized what I kind of already knew. It was kind of like the reaffirming of, oh yeah, yep. I can do this. Yes. And, and I started to just feel into more when it felt like more like a intuitive hit or more of like a psychic information um, rather than when spirits like popping in, because obviously mm-hmm. they're, they're very different things. Yes. Um, but really it was through, like I said, that's why I feel like it was like the evolution. When I read that first mediumship book, you recommended it was like oh my gosh it was about the chakras and breath and meditation and mm-hmm. like energy and all of that and I'm like this is literally everything I've been studying up until this point yeah even like symbology and the art I'm like oh my god an illustration that's everything is about like how, what does a symbol mean and how can how can you interpret it in different ways I'm like oh my gosh yeah it was almost like I saw like all of these little threads weaving together yeah and it just made sense I was like oh of course this is my path <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that's so neat even too. Something I just thought about is even in your work as an artist and how kind of like that almost has led to strengthening your mediumship in a way in terms yes. of when you get symbols or when you get visuals of this or that. And because of your background, because of that context that you have, it almost helps you in your mediumship, which is something I'm really interested in. It's kind of almost like I have this belief that until we kind of actually start practicing mediumship, that everything that we do is kind of like preparation for the mediumship for every experience that we go through or everything that we learn or everything that we're interested in, every hobby, it really becomes our language. It becomes the language of spirit or the way that we are interacting our language with spirit. So I just think that's 100%. so interesting. So, yeah. okay. So you're starting to get all of these, these spirit people coming through. And I know, you know, we've talked about this, about how, when, when spirit kind of comes into your orbit and they decide that they have something to say, and it's kind of in your throat, unless you like discharge that energy and say it out loud, it's very hard to make it go away <laughs> and to make yourself feel comfortable again, unless you send them away. Um, but you're starting to get all these spirit people kind of starting to connect through you. And then how did you know, that it was time, like, how did you come to me? How did you find your way um, ah, in my direction? My gosh, that could be a whole other episode. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's actually quite simple. <laughs> That's actually funny. Yeah. Um, I'm so, I'm just such a person who like, really makes decisions off of feeling. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, that's one of our clairs, right? Like clairsentient. That's why I love feeling. Like when I get the feeling, it's like, that's when I know it's like true. Yes. That's when I know it's either like aligned or true for me or someone's talking mm-hmm. and I feel like something's about like their higher plan or what they really want. It's like, oh, like I just feel it in my gut, my whole body. Yep. And so that's kind of how it was, sort of how I found you. It was, I kept like, I love the bath. Whenever I get in the bath, I light some candles. Things happen. Things happen. It's like, that's <laughs> when grace flows through me. Things everything. Yeah. It's just beautiful. So every time I would just be lying in the bath, like, I guess around that time, a year and a half ago now, mm-hmm. I would just keep hearing like, it's time, like it's time to do your mediumship. It's time to hire a coach. It's time to like, it just, and it wouldn't go away. It was kind of like that repeated like nudge of like yeah. too bad, like it's not going away. Yeah. And at the same time as I'm getting this nudge, I'm getting the nudge to leave my career as an art mm-hmm. teacher. which is a job I still like loved and I had, there's nothing wrong with it. Something I worked my ass off for. And so it was so like, okay, but why are you making me do this? Or why do you want me to do this? And I think that's another piece of just, you know, our our path of alignment isn't always about stepping away from stuff that doesn't feel good. Sometimes it's like awesome stuff to go into even more like awesome stuff. You know, the evolution doesn't always have to be like, oh, I have to leave that nine to five to come into this. Sometimes it's like, yes. you know what? Like 
that serves such a beautiful purpose. And I still pull from art teaching, even in my, like I pull from all of it when yeah. I get in my healing sessions. Yes. All of it. Yes. And so I got that, those two nudges simultaneously. And finally I, um, well, for one chose to reach out to you first. And I was like, <laughs> I just want to be like, Hey, Emily, I don't know you. I know we have like, we're connected to the grapevine of some beautiful <laughs> women. Um, I am just having some experiences and I've always felt like I'm a medium or whatever I said, but like, I think things are waking up for me. And you're just like, Oh yeah, I knew you were coming. <laughs> like not to sound like kind of weird or whatever, but like, I knew you were on your way. I've yeah. just given you time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just sort of like, but how I found you was just literally through Instagram. But yeah. I wouldn't say that's how I found you. I found you because you, I want to say it in a way where you were just kind of kept popping up on my radar mm -hmm. and maybe I, it was through Instagram, but really it was, of course, yeah. <laughs> people aligning that to happen. Yeah. And every time I saw your, I don't even think I had to read your writing. It was weird. It was like, I think I just saw your picture even a couple of times. And I was like, why do I, like, I knew what you did mm -hmm. just from like, obviously your bio, but I'm like, I just know it's her. Yeah. And it was like that simple. It's kind of like when people say, like, I know they're the one. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really that easy breezy. It was kind yeah. of like what, and I have to presence that, you know, for everyone listening, I didn't even have a, a reading from Emily to this day. <laughs> We're going to end our mentorship with a reading. So I didn't even know if she really could do this stuff, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and she trusted me anyway. <laughs> so, I really so did. Good. No, I think that's, and, and that's actually such a, just, First of all, it's such a, a neat story. And, and from my perspective, just, I don't even know if I've told you this, Janet, I think I have, but Hey, it's a good time to tell you now <laughs> is, um, is I actually, we were both at an event, not, we were seated at totally different tables and totally different places in the event room of a, a mutual friend of ours, um, Gerilyn. And, and I remember I was behind your table. So I was kind of looking at the back of your head. Did I, have I told you this? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I was behind your table, kind of looking at the back of your head. And, and I think you, you were speaking, I, something came up and you were speaking mm -hmm. in the context of the event. And I remember kind of like looking over so I could see your face and just having that same feeling of like, oh, I'll, I'm going to work with her. <laughs> um, and, and kind of just being like, okay, you know, and, and then going back to paying attention to whatever was happening. So, but I think that that's such a beautiful example because so often, you know, I'll have people kind of come my way, like, I don't know, is this right? Is it the right kind of thing or the right time? Or, you know, are you the right person and things like that? And I would just say like, you will know. So if you're, if, mm -hmm. and there's a difference between kind of being in the intellectual kind of overthinking and just really going with the feeling of, okay, this is right, or this is the person, or this is the course, or this is the, this is the thing, you know, there's that, there's truly that, um, just, exactly like you say, kind of this easy breezy decision-making process that you almost don't really have, like you don't have to think about. Yeah. It kind of, it's like and that's why it was like, so Yeah. whenever I'm decisive like that, it's like, yeah, I love it. That's when I just know it's like such alignment. It's like, there's no, there's not even any talk. It's like, boom, Yep. you know, just this is it. And yeah. it, that's why I loved also, I have to presence I love that our sort of our kind of our journey was very natural and organic like that because, you know, I just never felt like I had to be like sold on anything. Yeah. Right. It was just so like, this is what I want. It's yeah. not like you like, well, for what was before we even connected, but sometimes I feel like people make you feel like you need something yeah. rather than you just listening to like, no, like this is what I want. And like, mm -hmm. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Um, which is really important with this type of work. Cause you have, 
move through so much resistance, you better want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You really have to want mediumship because, and I was talking about this at some point, I think in my last episode where I was just talking about, you know, it's, it's, it's not like it's a beautiful, it's so rewarding and there's so much that it offers and, you know, that you can offer other people. And it's so, it's the most rewarding, amazing work that you can do in the world, but it doesn't by any means mean that it's easy or that the development path is easy or that even giving readings is always easy, you know, and I know you are freshly navigating that, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that. You're freshly navigating a really emerging into this world of, of being a professional psychic medium and giving amazing readings and, and providing such healing to people all over the world. So I'd love to hear you talk about that, just to kind of, you know, how balancing that kind of d- desire to, to, to serve and to be a, a beautiful channel for spirit and for loved ones messages, and also kind of how you navigate some of the more tricky parts of that, like when we doubt mm-hmm. ourselves or when we're going through other things in our life and we still kind of have to show up and that kind of thing. So I'd love to hear how you navigate that personally. Yeah, no, totally. That's uh. I feel like it's kind of similar to what you said in your last episode along the lines of like, you're kind of thrust into it sometimes. Like it's not, I do feel like everyone can, you know, become a psychic medium, but I definitely feel like for some, it's like a deeper calling. And I feel like it's like a calling that once it becomes very loud, like you can't ignore it or you're going to feel like you're betraying yourself. Yes. It's really that simple. It's kind of like, it's not like a hobby, like, oh, I want to start knitting. It's kind of like, no, you're meant to like yes. help people and connect to the spirit world. That's like, it's just such a, it's like you said, such an honor. It's such a, such sacred work. So there's to me a huge responsibility there, but there's also such a, it yeah. just, it leaves me in awe. It leaves me amazed every yeah. time. Yeah. And I think just like navigating through really stepping into it, like I said, it, it felt kind of like, I felt like a part, like, well, I want to say one of the most sacred parts of my whole, my whole path here. And it, it was like, I have to say it's the hardest that I've ever had to embody as well. Yeah. It's like, but it also was very clear. I didn't waver too much on like, is this what I'm going to be or, or not? It was also very clear. I think from the beginning, I did it more from a curiosity standpoint of like, okay, I know this is a part of me and I don't know if I'll do it as like work, but I know I'm going to be doing this. Yeah. And so I was sure about that, but I also liked that I didn't put too much pressure on myself or expectation on like what the whole thing looked like, which I feel like is where we often throw ourselves off Yeah. Um, and kind of don't enjoy the process of just learning and exploring and all of that. So it was, I came into it so light and so ready to just, whatever happens, like I'm here for it. And because of that, I think that's why my development has been such a beautiful and I want to say, I don't know, I feel like I've grown so much because of that because I didn't put pressure on and kind of guidelines on what it had to be or um, it was just very fluid and you allowed me to allow my process to just sort of, you know, unfold. Um, And coming back to the, I'm, I'm trying to come back to your two questions now. So how do I navigate just being just being in the hot seat now of giving like a reading. Yeah. Yeah. And like, ah. and especially I think, you know, I know that, that we, you've had things, certain things like just as you've kind of freshly emerged into this work, there's a lot of things happening, even just in your personal world and things mm-hmm. like that, which you don't have to go into, but, but how do you balance those two things or how are you finding yourself balancing those two things? Uh, yeah, it is. It's true. Especially with, you know, these past six months, not going into it, but everyone, you know, it's going through a lot intimately in your family. And yeah, it's like, 
it's a lot to hold. And, yeah. you know, like our friend, Geraldine, like I always think about things she talks about, like our capacity to hold more. Yeah. We can hold more. It's like my mantra. Yeah. Um, I think what you talk about a lot um, of just being of service, like that gets me, like you say, like get me to the seat. Yeah. Like use me. Like I'm just the receiver, the messenger and spirit directs the whole thing. So just let me surrender, yeah. find the sweet spot. Um, and that's yeah. just sort of the mentality I have around it. And just not even the mentality. I just go into it with like a lot of heart <laughs> and soul of yeah. just like, I'm here to connect to this person's soul and to connect to their loved one's soul on the other side. And it's like, when I keep that as my, I want to say my intention, when I keep my intention pure and I walk in, like you, you talked about as well with like the humility <laughs> that I'm always learning and I'm, I can always be a beginner at something. And and also just the graciousness of like what an honor it is to be a part of that healing experience. Like that's what keeps me going <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, and also just allows me to even give a good reading. Cause whenever I'm in, I think you also mentioned, you mentioned a lot of good gems in your last episode because there's this level of humility, but also this level of like confidence and being sure of yourself that has to be at play. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise your head and your logical brain and, everyone like your, yeah, your analytical mind tries to figure it all out. And then you're not in that receptive state to like really allow everything to just flow through you and tell the story. And so that's been, of course, a process, right? Of just gaining the confidence and growing that to trust what comes up and, and to say it right away or yeah, to not second guess. And also the practice of being in that place of stillness and and sort of being able to blend in that way. Otherwise, mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't happen. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that answers your question. It's just, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It does. Absolutely. And I think that's such a beautiful message. Just, you know, whether you're listening to this from a mediumship lens or just from any lens, I think it's just, it, it, they kind of really apply all across the board of just humility and service and, and things like that of how we can balance, how we can really balance these things. And you're right. It is a, it's a fine line to walk between kind of, you know, humility and also having some really nice grounded confidence at Mm -hmm. the same time. Like it is kind of, and I think sometimes what some, where some mediums can kind of fall throughout their process is if they have kind of an experience where maybe they didn't connect exactly the way that they wanted to, or they felt like they didn't, they wanted to give the person who they were reading for a little bit more or this or that is that, you know, we do put so much and I do this myself as I put so much, um, I don't want to say pressure because I try not to put too, too <laughs> much, but, but we do, we, we want to help so much. And, and, you know, again, like you said, when we're in that kind of flow space of just letting that happen naturally, of just, I'm here, I'm showing up, I'm a channel, I'm a conduit for, and kind of whatever happens, happens, spirit is intelligent and they're going to kind of guide my words and my actions in the way that it needs to be. But I think also something that I talk about too, is that we're still human. You know, we're talking to the other side all day, but we're still human. And, and we want to, I think with, 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 you know, with, with kind of these hearts that want to give. And so how do we kind of make sure that we're being graceful with ourselves and, you know, and, and know that we're doing our, our best and that we're showing up for spirit world for the, 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 like the best that we can. Um, and really, you know, one of the things I, I don't even remember where I heard this from, but I remember I was talking to another medium at some point and they just said, you know, my, my goal or my objective is that I am just making the spirit world proud. 
and I'm, I'm making them proud in whatever way that looks like on any given day. And it's going to look different on every day, but I'm, I'm making them proud. And so it's almost kind of, it's not about you. It's not even necessarily about the person who's in front of you. It's that if you're making the spirit world proud by bringing through their messages with integrity and clarity and accuracy, then you've done your job and you've showed up and, and that's all you can do, you know? So it's uh there's so many nuances to this and that's why i love kind of having these and i i was laughing about this before you know you said uh you, you and, and mckenna uh, who was on the podcast as well are, are, are good friends and <laughs> and you were saying the other day just like when you know when things are are crazy or i need someone <laughs> to talk to i just go to one of my psychic medium friends and it's just great you know we get it she gets it so totally you need that you definitely need that if you totally. want to do this work totally sure. yeah it's so important i think to have just you know such a unique kind of experience every day is a unique experience and just having somebody or multiple people or a community who kind of really you know they get what you're talking about or they mm -hmm. get kind of your unique um, experience is so important. So anyway, where I wanted to, where we'll leave off for today is um, I'm curious to hear, what would you say to somebody who maybe was in your position, maybe they're starting to get kind of tapped on the shoulder by spirit, or they're starting to feel maybe some spirit people coming around them, or they're having prophetic dreams or these kinds of, they can kind of almost feel their abilities waking up just as, as you did um, you know, a, a short while ago, what would you, what is the message that you would say to somebody who's in that position? Or even you can even frame this for the, from the perspective of like, what would you say to yourself um, a couple of years back? What is a message that you would love you to know, or just somebody who's kind of new on the development path to know? Yeah, I think, I think it's honestly what I just talked yeah. about as far as come into it with like, such a light intention yeah. that's like just and you'll have that anyone called to this work like i believe has a good heart and soul and which is the reason why you're willing it's a you know god's really asking you or spirit's asking you to to work with them so i believe your intention would be pure but just kind of come in like with that curiosity and that sort of excitement to explore and to not uh I know even with our journey, right? It's like, even though there's tools and practices and ways of navigating a reading, it's not like one size fits all. It's not a set formula. It's not, yeah. um, you know, as though there's, there's ways of growing, but there's also like, it's flowing through us too. And we have our own experiences and emotions to pull from, which will come through in the reading as well. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know, as we talked about, it started with grief. It's like, there's so many times that those experiences are a part of my read. Well, every time yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. it's like, I understand what that grief feels like, or I, I, I just get the space that people are in, or I know, I know how to language something in a way because I've been there. Yeah. So also to look at your past struggles, they don't have to look like loss of a loved one, but looking at your past obstacles and challenges as really like a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom there yeah. and you're going to utilize that. You're not going to steer away from that is like, that's not good. You're actually going to bring that in to helping people every time you show up in front of someone. I mean, soul to soul communication. It's like, when we think about that, even in our regular life, it's like the ability just to see people, like see their higher paths, see what they need to hear or what they're feeling. It's like, that stuff is powerful. So, you know, if you're feeling that nudge to work with spirit, just, I would say, and just go for it. Like, don't overthink it because yeah. then it's going to, of course, get in your way. Yes. Um, beautiful. And, 
yeah, just have people to guide you like you <laughs> or uh, someone, you know, who's going to handle it with a lot of grace. And, and again, the space to explore at your own pace and also what feels good for you, yeah. um, which you've been amazing at is just letting everything just sort of naturally organically flow and not trying to put me in a box. And you just sort of let me sort of take the lead. And yeah. that's really important about you know, anyone in, in your position, it's like, yeah. you want to guide, but you don't want to, you know, direct push. too much. Yeah. And push. So I think yeah. find the right mentor, find people to confide in <laughs> about this type of, do you know how many experiences I have where I'm like, I cannot call anybody, but like Emily or McKenna about that. So <laughs> yeah. like, you know, cause this process is so again, it's exhilarating, but it can be lonely at times because yes. So out there for some people, yeah. probably a lot of your friends and family. And yeah. so you need people who are like, oh, I get that. Or, I mm -hmm. felt that. I had that happen to me. Um, and to have that sounding board, which, you know, you've been for me. And without that, I probably would have found myself stuck in more fear yeah. um, more often and more resistance rather than just moving just yeah. Move forward. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautifully yeah. said. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's amazing. So good. Well, I'm so oh my gosh, grateful. We could talk it. for so long. There's oh, so I know. much I wanted to say about you. I know. I know. I'm like my computer. My computer's gonna die. That's the only reason we have to. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. But I, I just, I, I loved this conversation so much, Janet, and I'm so happy that I had the chance to have you on and to chat with you. And I know that so many people are going to be hearing your experience and your story, and they're going to be like, "Where can I talk to Janet?" So, how can people find you? Whether where do you hang out the most? Um, and yeah, how, they, how can they find you? I'm going to share all your info in the show notes, but just so we have it here as well. Yeah, perfect. So my Instagram uh, handle is I create my reality <laughs> and my website is just my name, JanetParsons.ca. So all my offerings and readings, programs, anything I do will be, yeah. will be on there. Amazing. Amazing. And Janet is, um, she is totally available for readings and you should absolutely <laughs> yes, go her way. Please. Um, please. She's got all her booking information. I believe that's all on your website as well. Yes. Yes. That's, that's all there. Okay, perfect. And if you have questions or you want a reading with Janet, feel free to reach out to her. She is an absolutely incredible medium and it's, it's an honor for me to get to watch her make the connections that she makes and bring through um, loved ones with such accuracy and and such and deliver such profound um, healing messages for so many people. So um, I can't wait for all of you to get connected with her. Go flock her in her direction, please. And uh, and thank you again, Janet. It was truly so amazing. And I know I will absolutely be having you back on because this was just such an amazing. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. Thank you so much. Like I I feel like again like we could talk for hours. I'm like now I just want to be friends. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like you've been my mentor for so long, but yeah. I do have to say just like a super super deep massive thank you for everything you've been for me. Such a beautiful stand for my growth and just help me, you know, being grounded and rooted and just falling in love with this work and really keeping me in it because I feel like I've already helped so many people and you know you've been a part of that right empowering me and keeping me on my toes and keeping me moving forward and just you've been so lovely and radiant and just fun like pure fun to work with there's always jokes there's always lightness and I just yeah I, I really appreciate just who you've been for me and as my coach and 
you know, I'll spread the love about you all the time, bring people your way and um, just know that all the healing that I'm providing is also rippled out from all of your support and all of your love for me. That's, oh, can make me cry, Janet. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you. I'm receiving your words and your love with. Take it in. Oh, I am. I'm taking it all in and I appreciate you so much. And, uh, and I don't want to end, but, um, but thank you so much for being here again. And I hope you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you you very, very soon. Yes, we will. All right. Bye.